glad you're here this evening. If you were here this morning, you were properly warned by Sean. I was wanting to say a guest speaker was talking, but he said I was. So, no, I'm glad you're here. <clears throat> Hope we have something to say that will help you in your walk uh, of Christian life. We're going to, Sean said something one, one time in the sermons that really hit home with me about when we study the Bible, read the Old Testament, and we read the people in the Bible. Those are people like you and I. <laughs> and sometimes I think when we read these <coughs> passages or, or read stories about things that happen to people, we think it's, well, that was a long time ago. Times are different. You know, when the Bible, it was written, they were going through some of the same struggles we're going through today. And as we go through this study today, uh, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of, of the ones making decisions, in the shoes of the one that uh, paid a price for a decision. And this kind of, these were people just like us. And we're going to study uh, moving the Ark of the Covenant when it was, when David was trying to move it to Jerusalem. Well, there we go. The Ark of the Covenant was moved from place to place. But when David became king, he decided to bring the Ark to Jerusalem. David, along with some of the most noble men of Israel, <coughs> came to the home of Eben Nadab to retrieve the ark. In order to get the ark back to Jerusalem, they placed the ark on a cart to pull by oxen. Now we're, we're going to get a little back study now about how the ark was uh, supposed to be carried. We read in Numbers 4 and 2 who, who was to carry the ark. Take the sum of the sons of Kohath and among the sons of Levi after their families by the house of the fathers. So, and we read in Numbers 4 and 15, and when Aaron and his sons had made the end covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary as the camp set forward, after that the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it, that they shall not touch any holy thing, any holy thing lest they die. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath and the tabernacle of the congregation. The sons of Kohath were to carry the ark and not touch it or they would die. We read in Exodus uh, the way the ark was to be carried, <coughs> of the covenant was to be carried. And thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in four corners thereof. The two rings shall be on one side, and two rings on the other side of it. And thou shalt make staves of shittim wood, and overlay with them with gold. And thou shalt put the staves of the rings by the sides of the ark, and the ark may be borne with. The staves shall be in the rings of the ark, and they shall not be taken of it. The sons of Kohath, the Levites, were to carry the ark on their shoulders using staves, wood staves of shittim wood between the golden rings. So God had a plan on how to move the ark. He had a plan on how to make the ark of covenant, specific plan, and a plan of how to move the ark of the covenant when it is to be moved. Now we're going to read when David decided to move the ark to Jerusalem, Samuel 6 and 1. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that there were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims, cherubims. And then they sent the ark of God upon a new cart, set the ark of God upon a new cart, and brought it out of the house of Ebenadab that was in Gibeah. I'm probably mispronouncing these. And Uzzah and Aio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. Now here, uh, David and the chosen of Israel decided to put the cart, uh, put the, 
uh, ark on a cart. <laughs> and that wasn't the design. It was supposed to be carried. And it was going to be pulled by oxen. And we're going to read what happens. Second Samuel 6 and 5, And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord in all manner of instruments made from fir wood, even harps, psalteries, and timbrels, and cornets and cymbals. And when they came, so they were celebrating, and when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand forth to the ark of God, took hold of it, for the ox shook it, and the anger of the Lord was kindled unto Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and he died by the ark of God. You see, God had a design of how this was supposed to be carried, made, carried, and taken care of. His design wasn't with a cart and a oxen pulling it so by those decisions when Uzzah when the ark looked like it was going to fall he stuck his hand up natural keep it from falling I got to protect this holy thing dead you know we're going to look and try to learn some things from the lessons of moving the ark we need to realize good intentions and feelings they don't excuse disobedience and God demands our obedience. And there are consequences of disobedience. You know, in the world, that's huge right now because if you don't like it, don't do it. <laughs> if you don't like it, cancel it out. If you don't like what the, Bible doc the doctrine of the Bible says, we change it just a little to fit man. All those things happen today. And we're going to look at, and we can see from Uzzah, it didn't work then and it won't work now. We're going to read in Luke 14 and 28, <coughs> good intentions can lead to bad decisions and cause harm. For which you, uh, intending to build a tower, sitteth, for which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he had laid the foundation is not able to finish it, all that belong it begin to mock him, saying, the man begun to build and was not able to finish. This was a parable Jesus used, and what it means, our feelings can sometimes affect, make us make bad decisions. This man wanted to build a tower, yet he hadn't sat down and thought it out and thought the consequences of building the tower, even if he had the money to build the tower. We must always consider the cost and make sure that we're serving the Lord as he intended. You know, using the oxen and the carts to move the ark probably seemed like a good idea. Probably seemed good. I'm going to save men from having to carry. It's going to move a little faster, probably. That, that seemed like a good idea, I'm sure, to them at the time. But we saw that it wasn't for us. God had specific instructions on how the ark was to be transported, and it wasn't done. So good intentions can lead us to bad decisions, which doesn't trump disobedience. <laughs> you know, there's a man, an aviator pilot, Alexander's, Saragoff, I'm going to call him Alexander. He went to a hospital to visit a young man that just lost his leg because he had lost his leg and had an artificial wooden leg. And he went in, he's trying to make the man feel good about himself. You know, life isn't ending because you've lost your leg. There's a lot of good things with artificial leg. For instance, if you take that cane and hit my wooden leg, I won't feel it. And so he said, take that cane back. The guy took the cane back and hit him. And he said, now, see, if you'd have hit any person that didn't have a wooden leg like that, they'd be in the hospital for five days. 
So he went on and he walked out limping and went and laid down in the hall because the guy hit the wrong leg. He had good intentions, but did it cause harm to him? He didn't show him the wooden leg. He didn't let on to his, to his defense. He kept on. It was fine. Good intentions can lead us to bad decisions when we're not keeping God and serving God on our minds at all times. Good intentions can lead to bad decisions. Good intentions, we need to be following, with our good intentions, we need to follow God's commands. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment. The, that ye, as ye hath heard from the beginning, ye shall walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but, we will re, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God, and he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any of you, if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not in your house, neither bid him God's speed, for he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker in evil deeds. <clears throat> Our intentions need to be following God's commands, and, and that is showing love for him. We need to be aware that there are many there trying to deceive and lead us down the wrong path, whether intentional or of ignorance of the truth. We need to know to keep the commandments that are given to us. Know and keep the commandments given to us. Uzzah lost his life because he touched the ark trying to steady it. He knew not to touch the ark. And I can't tell you exactly why he did other than he thought that that was a thing to do to protect the ark. I don't know. Um, he thought that was a thing to do. And I know it had been in his house, uh, at his home, stored at his home for some time. Maybe he got used to it. Maybe he had lost his holiness. I don't know. But he didn't follow the commands. <laughs> he touched the ark and he knew not to. So we need to, good intentions, need to follow God's commandments, and we need to be serving him with all of our intentions. Our feelings do not determine truth. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but in the end thereof are the ways of death. Our feelings we can sometimes cause us to make bad decisions also. Using the oxen to move the ark probably seemed, again, like a good idea. You were helping others that not have to carry it. It seemed like a good idea, a smart plan to man. And that was the problem. They did not seek the counsel of God when they were preparing to, get, to move the ark. There, were, there are specific instructions and they did not follow them. Not following God's plan in, of moving the ark cost us his life. Again, our feelings do not determine truth. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Be thou hearkened under the wise counsel. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Probably the way of a fool is never wrong. And I might be describing myself because I think I'm pretty smart sometimes. Sometimes we do get a little high on, on the horse. But the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. And so we don't need to let our feelings determine the truth. Uh, Elisa recently, a new pilot, he just got his license and wasn't real versed in controls on how to, fly, how to fly with his instruments, was flying in a fog. And he had never really landed a plane using his instruments because he's talking, he's talking to the tower. And uh, 
the tower was giving him instructions. And they could tell he was getting nervous and panicky on the instructions that he was getting. And in a firm voice from the tower, it said, pay attention to the uh, instructions. We'll take care of the obstructions. You know, I think that goes true for us in our lives. Sometimes when we start trying to let our feelings go in, we see all the obstacles around and the obstructions and why we can't do something, why we can't be a certain way. Well, I wanted to do, do the right thing, but nobody else did, so I didn't. And we go with the crowd too much. And we need to not let our feelings determine truth, no truth for the truth, and follow the instructions and the obstructions will uh, be taken care of. Sorry about that. My mouth's getting a little dry. God demands obedience. Romans 2 and 6. Who will render to every man according to his own deeds. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for the glory and honor of immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish, anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile but glory honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to to the Gentile for there is no respect of persons with God in the end we need to obey God God is the judge in the end not man sometimes we get caught up in what other people think how we can make our lives easier, make other people's lives, e- lives easier, and disregard God's word and, and pleasing him. We can't focus on the world, and, but we need to be obedient and focus on God's will. Obedience is a funny thing. Roger Staubach, I don't know, I'm speaking my age, he, that's a household term, I would think, but quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys won world championships. He hated the fact, or disliked, hates it. He disliked the fact he couldn't call his own plays. Didn't understand it. I'm running, this is my team, I'm going to run my team, and he needs to let me call the plays. Now, Coach Landry, he admitted, had a brilliant mind and knew what he was doing, and he admitted that. But he saw no reason why he shouldn't be able to call his own plays. But he called every run he wanted to run, every pass he wanted to pass, and if he, if he ever did audible, it better be right, it better have worked. He didn't understand it. One day he accepted the fact that he was being disobedient to his coach. And he said, when I accepted that fact and took obedience, it came harmony and and victory to a team. We worked in harmony. Same with us. Sometimes when we struggle in life or have something, we we, we feel like everybody's against us. We might need to look at our lives and see how obedient we are. Are we being obedient to God? God demands obedience. And if we're not, we might need to look at it because when we become obedient to God, life seems to fall in line and and we live in harmony with one another. So God demands obedience. This obedience has consequences. Unlike what you'll hear a lot in the world today, uh, do what you want because it feels good or whatever. There's other things that you hear, but disobedience does have consequences. We read, Mortify therefore your members which upon the earth fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil 
covetousness, I can't say that word very good, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of the God cometh unto the children of disobedience. Just like Uzzah, if we're disobedient and don't follow God's will, we will have a consequence for us. We also read in Romans 11 and 22, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God. On them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise thou shalt be cut off. Uzzah touched the ark and wasn't obedient to God's word and as a swift decision was made, just like that. That quick. Didn't follow God's word. But in the same sense, the same God blessed Obed-Edom and his family where the ark was left until David came and, and got it to take it back to Jerusalem. He blessed his family. Goodness, severity. If we're disobedient, there'll be severe consequences. If we're righteous and living and doing the will of God, there will be goodness to us. You know, God is love. And sometimes people... Uh, uh, he does love every one of us, and he doesn't want us to repent. And we see this in Second Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slacking concerning his promise that some men count slackness, slackness but is long-suffering us to us word, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God does love us. He wants us to repent and obey. But if we don't, there's consequences. And we need to realize that. And when we read the story of uh, moving the ark, when others stuck his hand up and had good intentions, they felt like it was the right thing to do to move it with oxen. He had good intentions of saving the ark, but swift decision of disobedience. You know, in closing, God wants obedience. God wants us to rely on the truth, not our feelings. He wants us to understand good intentions does not replace obedience. And God wants us all to repent and be saved. You know, I, I have a dog, and many of y'all have, and dogs are pretty loyal. I've even heard some dogs that they had to go put down and shoot. They're shooting them and they're running back to them. Those tear you up. There's this man that had a dog, and he took him to work. He worked outside, and he took him to work with him every day. And at this day they got to an opening in the woods and he put his lunch pail down and, and uh, told his dog to stay at that lunch pail and the dog knew to follow his commands, he's obedient he went in the forest and did work along that time a forest fire came up went over the valley where the dog was and the dog laid there and never moved he did what he was told, he was obedient and the man said, I always had to watch what I told that dog to do because <laughs> I knew he'd do it. Are we that obedient? God wants that type of obedience. He wants us to know the truth, follow the truth, and when we're wrong, repent of that so we can have an eternal life. God wants obedience. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.